Welcome to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life. Through interviews with various experts on relationships, investing, self-work, entrepreneurship, and more, this podcast is committed to spreading knowledge to all women. Rise Up For You, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hi everyone, today we're going to be talking with Janet Attard on how to start a business with minimal budget. I know there's a ton of you out there that have goals and you have a vision where you want to start up a business from the ground up and you just don't have the money to do it. You don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to invest right away. So Janet's here to talk with us about that to give us some tips and help us get that going. Janet is an entrepreneur, a business owner, and an author. She's the CEO and founder of Business Know How. Google Analytics shows that her website, businessknowhow.com, reaches close to 5.5 million people a year. Janet has been a content provider to America Online and has written for websites such as NASDAQ and American Express. Her expertise in starting a business has kept her influencing millions of business owners every year. I hope you enjoyed this episode and take in all the information that Janet gives us. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Good morning, or good afternoon, I should say. Yeah, good morning to you. How are you doing? I appreciate you joining us today. Oh, thanks, and thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful day here. What a lovely day. Nice and warm. It feels like summer again. Yeah, and you're over in the East Coast, right? Yeah, okay, yeah I'm, on, the... I'm on Long Island. Oh, okay. All right. So what, what part of California are you in? I'm from Southern California. I'm about uh, maybe 20 minutes away from Orange County. Oh, okay. Yeah. Always warm there. Always warm. We have one season all the time. (laughs) Well, thank you again, Janet, for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your professional career? Okay, well, my career and involvement uh, online, that's where most people know me from. It's a typical example of how people can use their interests and skills and their experience to build up a business of their own. Um, The online networks are communications tools. And um, I had been working in publishing industry and communications all of my life, basically. I started um, as a uh, working at a major book publisher in New York City. And then I went on to work as a copy editor and feature writer on a daily newspaper. And when I left there, I worked as a writer in corporate communications. And then I had kids and I worked as a freelance copy editor and writer and proofreader until they were in school all day. And then I um, got a job on a small business magazine. And that's kind of what piqued my interest in running small business. Um, I was there not for a long time, though, because my A few months after I got that job, my husband changed jobs, and we had to move to a different part of New York State. Uh, So when we did, I went back to freelancing because I just didn't think it was right to leave my kids home alone after school in a brand new community where they didn't know anyone. I wanted to be sure they could get to meet people and go to activities and everything. So I went back to freelancing and I did writing. I wrote articles. I wrote ad copy. I wrote mail order copy. I even wrote medical abstracts. Uh, later on in my career, after I had been online for a while, too, uh, I had a couple of books published about starting and running a small business. So that's how my, my whole background is in writing and editing and publishing. And uh, you know, when I was younger, my father had a, a job moonlighting, helping people uh, 
um, fix their televisions for them. My brother had his own business. So the business basically grew out of my background and interests. Okay, so you built a business called Business Know How, which is online. Why did you find the need to create it and how did you get that going? Okay, well, business know-how really evolved over a period of quite a few years. While I really enjoyed freelancing because it let me stay at home with the kids and make my own hours, I was still working for other people. And that job, having worked in a small business magazine, I really wanted to own my own business. Uh, and I really wanted to be able to help people by, based on what I, I knew. Plus, working as a freelancer, I was sometimes writing about things I didn't have a lot of interest in, like those medical abstracts. Uh, it was amazing. You could write a medical abstract and suddenly you're reading all these articles and you're developing the symptoms. Right. So, <laughs> you know, it wasn't particularly enjoyable to, to, to work, but, it, it, you know, you, you got paid for it. Right. Um, but what I still, I wanted to start my own business business and with my background in writing and editing what I thought I really wanted to do was start a magazine or a newsletter but the thing is this is back in the 1980s doing so at that time was immensely expensive because besides paying writers and editors you'd have to have the money to have the publication printed and then mailed or distributed in whatever way and also to advertise and that meant uh, advertising with direct mail pretty much or possibly in some of the publications and I just didn't have that kind of money uh, but then I was using a personal computer I got one early on because I was a horrible typist and I was wasting a lot of time retyping manuscripts to make them presentable for to give to an editor so I bought a computer as soon as I could and uh, when I did, I discovered there were these, uh, I got flyers, ads for uh, the online services um, for CompuServe and Genie. Uh, I also got a modem. And I got online and I discovered this whole new communication medium. It was like a combination of a radio show, show and a, talk, a radio talk show and a magazine all kind of rolled into one. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, there might not be many people online now, but this is going to be big someday. And it would let me realize my dream of being a publisher. So uh, I was using them to get technical information. And I was helping some of the computer experts. Um, they would help provide information for me about using my computer and so where to get software for it. But they didn't have any information about starting and running a business, so I was answering some questions. And I looked around at the two big online services then, that was Genie and CompuServe. And CompuServe already had a small business forum online, but Genie, which was a general electric network for information exchange, they did not. So I put together a proposal. I got it almost all ready to send in, and I logged on one night, and what do you know, but a small business forum popped up. So I'm thinking, oh, there goes my dream. <laughs> so I, I kind of put the proposal away. I showed the proposal, but I figured I can still help people a little with what I know. So I participated in the forum. Uh, I answered members' questions, and a year later, the person who had started that forum resigned. So he sent me an email telling me he was going to, so I pulled out my proposal, fixed it up a little bit more and sent it in and was eventually chosen to run that forum. And the thing is here, you have to put yourself out there. Right. And and, and not be afraid to do it. Um, then moving forward in uh, 1990, I'm thinking, well, gee, writers syndicate their 
columns in newspapers. Maybe I can syndicate a column and put it on the brand new America Online. So I just picked up the phone one day and I cold called them and a couple of other places and I asked them if they would like a small business column. And America Online said they'd like me to run an entire forum like I did on Genie and I told them no because it was too much work. And they said to try it for three months and I figured, oh, I might as well just try it. And I wound up a content provider to them for the next 11 years during their fantastic growth and dominance of the online world. Um, so again, this was a situation where I didn't know anybody. I just picked up the phone and said, hey, you know, I'd like to do this. Who would I talk to? And they put me through to someone. And again, this is something that people can do. You just have to do it. You have to, can't be scared of trying something. You just do it. The worst anybody can say is no. Just keep working at something till you get what you want. Right. And so I noticed there's, there's three things that you said that are really important that a lot of people, they miss. And that's, the first thing is that you had a reason behind wanting to create your own business. You were passionate about it and you wanted, you didn't want to work for anybody. You wanted to be able to have more time to stay home with your family and to create your own hours. The second thing is, is that you had, you utilized your skill set. So you realized what you had that was valuable that you can help others and give to others. And the third is that you actually took the action, which is a big component that a lot of people don't do. So they, they have a reason and they have their skills, but they don't act upon it. I think the reason that people don't act upon it is they're, they're afraid they're going to be rejected. Right. And, and you, you have to just get over that fear. Even say somebody does reject you, they don't like you uh, your idea then you move on to the next in fact when I was making those cold calls not only did I call AOL I called Prodigy and I think I called them first actually and they said oh no small businesses would never be interested in a service like ours so I figured up so what you know let me try AOL you just keep trying if one thing doesn't work you change gears a little and you try something else Absolutely. I always use the Elvis analogy because when Elvis first started, he was actually turned away from a major record company because they told him that his voice sucked and that he didn't look great. And he, I mean, look at <laughs> look what happened to Elvis. <laughs> okay, so for those that are listening that have this idea or an idea that they're passionate about, what's the first thing they need to do after that idea happens? Okay, so the first thing they really need to do is to research the idea and find out if it really can be a business. Uh, the two places that I see startups getting into trouble the most is one, that there really isn't a market for, they, for what they want to sell, or they don't have enough money to launch the business and reach that market. So the first thing you really should do is to go out and see if there's a market for what you want to do. So, uh, you know, you want to find out okay, I think this is a good idea and, you know, my husband thinks it's a good idea and my best friend thinks it's a good idea. Well, who else does? How many people are there out there that think they would buy what you want to sell, whether it's a product or service, and what price would they be willing to pay for it? Uh, You have to be realistic and you have to keep in mind that everyone is in a market. This is so hard. You know, you come up with something, you think, oh, all women over 50 are going to love this thing. Right. Or all teenagers with smartphones are going to want this app. Well, it could be true that all of them do. And if you are a huge corporation like Procter & Gamble, maybe you can reach all women over 50. But if you're a small startup on a small startup budget, 
you're not going to reach that huge market. You won't reach anything. So you have to break it down into a niche that you can reach. And then again, you have to see, are there enough people in that niche that will buy what you want to sell at the price you're going to have to sell it for to make it profitable? Okay. And once that happens, what do they do if they have a minimal income? Because I know that that's a reoccurring factor for many people. They have this idea um, they've gotten good feedback on it, but they just don't have the money to get it going, and then it ends up dissolving. Okay, there are a couple of things you can do. The, the First of all, uh, if you're looking to start a business and you're not sure what you want to start, but you don't have much income, then look to the service businesses, because those are usually the least expensive to start, something as, as I did based on your skills and personal interests, because then you can build on them. You can start them small and do it part-time. Do it as a moonlighting activity uh, or take a part-time job somewhere else and, and work part-time in your own business. Um, but whatever you do, if at all possible, if you have a daytime job and you have limited income, don't quit the daytime job until you see that the idea really is profitable and you can make a living at it. Uh, that way you want to have money coming in while you're building the business. Um, the one thing you do need to check there is if, say, you're working for a big company and uh, that they don't have any clause that you signed when you joined the company saying that you're not allowed to moonlight or that any work you produce on your own time belongs to them. Right. Conflict of interest of any kind. Right. Um you can uh, look to borrow money if you have to, but you should do it very wisely. Again, you, you want to test on a small scale if possible to see if there's a market. And if the market is there, then you can grow it and you know what your profit margins are going to be. And then you can go out and borrow money. Um, you can use your credit cards to get started, uh, but be very careful doing that because you want to be sure you can pay them back. Uh, you don't, if you can't, you're going to put yourself, your personal, um, financial, uh, yeah. you know, financial stuff in, 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 you know, hot water. You, you don't want to do that. You need to be able to know that you're going to pay back the credit cards. Otherwise you'll destroy your credit rating. Um, right. And that's why it's so important to understand your market and to be sure that you have a market out there that's going to, you know, want what you have. Right, and, and that you can produce it at a cost that will make it profitable. The other thing you want to do, and this is, again, something I often see startups don't do, you want to keep your costs as low as possible. Sure, you could go out and buy a new computer and new fancy stuff or, or new equipment to do something, but can you do it with what you have to see if there's a market? If not, can you rent it? for a short time. If you're doing something like you, you've got a, a new sauce that you want to sell and you have to create that in a commercial kitchen, you don't want to go out and build a facility with a commercial kitchen. You want to go rent space in an existing commercial kitchen if you can. Maybe find a church that has one that you can use to test your product and see if it's going to work. Once you see that your idea is going to work, then you can go out and spend money or rent office space if you need it. But if, if at all possible work from home right after the income comes in then you can spend a little bit right exactly okay so lay out lay out a plan for us and I know we we've talked about some things already but what are the steps key steps to building a small successful business Okay, well, the first, as I mentioned, is to research your idea and write at least a rudimentary business plan, and that's the information about who's going to buy it and how much 
they'll pay for it and what your profits are going to be. You don't want to spend so much time researching, though, that you never get started. Right. Uh, you have to realize there's always going to be some risk, and you try to get enough information to say if it's a, a logical risk to take. Once you have the business plan in hand, then there are some things you should do. Uh, you should really create a checklist for yourself so that you remember everything. We have one actually on our website at businessknowhow.com slash startup slash checklist. But on that are things like you want to choose and register your business name, um, choose what format, you, what form of business you want to operate. Do you need to be a corporation or can you run it as a sole proprietorship? to get started. Um, decide on a location. Can you operate it from home if possible? Uh, will you need any licenses if you do get them? Uh, you want a business phone number and business cards and a separate bank account for the business. Those things will, you know, you can use to get yourself set up so that you're actually set up as a business and it will be easy to move forward. Okay. Um, the other thing I would do is start investigating the networking groups that exist in your area because the less you have to spend on advertising, the more you can get found through networking groups or other ways, the, again, the further ahead you are. And finally, you need to find out whether or not you'll be required to collect sales tax. And if you are, register, um, get your employer ID and tax certificate and start collecting the sales tax when you sell Okay. And, you know, today we live in a world that, unfortunately, we have this mentality of instant gratification. So can you give us a little bit of feedback on, you know, how long should we, how long should we do this before we know that, okay, we're going to make or break it, or it's not a great idea, or we should move on to something else. But I find that today, a lot of entrepreneurs, after a month, they give up. And I'm thinking, that's not possible. Like, that's not enough time to build something. <laughs> no, I kind of think that it usually takes about 10 or 15 years to be an overnight success. <laughs> okay. But but the thing is, no, what, what you want to look at is your own financial circumstances. As you're starting the business, you want to have a goal. How much do I need to make from this? And, and you have to figure it's going to take six months to a year probably. Uh, you should have that much money set aside to live on just to see that the business is going to be is going to work or not. Because with most businesses, what you set out to to start may not be where you end up in the future. You may make some detours or add or some change change some things along the way. Right. So, um, you know, allow yourself time. And then another thing, once your business is successful, always keep some money in the business so that if things take a downturn, you can keep the business going when times are bad until things pick up again. Right, absolutely. Great, great information. I just have a few more questions for you. Sure. What's one thing that you've accomplished that you're proud of that many people might not know about? Well, I, I, in a way, I'm not sure. People know about my website, and I am proud of that. Uh, but I think what people don't know is that I started that and built it at a time when there were very few women in technology. In fact, I went to one technology meeting here on Long Island when I was first getting started, and I was the only woman there out of a room full of 50 or more people who wasn't serving coffee. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, doing that and then building it on my own uh, during I was building it at a time when during the dot com boom and then bust. Right. And because I didn't have any outside funding and I could call my own shots, I was able to keep going when competitors that were well funded fell down. 
Um, so I, I'm kind of proud of being able to do this on my own as a woman-owned business. Right, and you were all, you were also able to identify the trends that were going to happen in the future, like you said earlier in the interview that you this online idea you knew was going to be something great in a few years, and look at it now. Yeah, well, the thing is, you have to be out there. You have to look at what's around you. And and my my philosophy is that luck has a little bit to of a role to play in business right. or business success, but you have to put yourself in a position to be lucky and you have to look at what's happening. What do people need? What what could be coming along that, that, that people will do something with? And how can I, you know, how can what I know or what I do fit in with it? And one last question for you, Janet. What's the one thing that you do in your life that helps you get a positive rise? Well, a, a couple of things, actually. I don't think there's one. One is that I look around and I count my blessings every single day. I live in the best country in the world. I have a roof over my head and food on the table for my family and I have a wonderful family. And the other thing I think is that I, I try to remember whenever obstacles come along, I try to think of them as challenges, not obstacles, because ultimately uh, a lot of our success in life is just based on the fact that you have to go out there and do something. Well, thank you so much. Do you have any last minute message for any of our listeners? Um, well, yeah, I actually I do. One thing, if you're just starting up, uh, that people should really look into because it's an excellent, two excellent free sources of, of help for starting a business. Uh, look for the nearest score. That's the Service Corps of Retired Executives or the nearest Small Business Development Center. Both of these are partially funded by the SBA and they offer free help. They'll help go over a business plan or show you how to write a business plan. And they are excellent resources. The people in these organizations also tend to know all the important people in the community, where all the networking groups are. So make use of their services. They're fantastic resources. Can, can you say that one more time? That was great sure. advice. The, the, the two resources? Yeah, that it's SCORE, Service Corps of Retired Executives, and it's SCORE.org is their uh, website. And the Small Business Development Center, I don't remember the name of their website, but you can look it up online. It's called SBDC. And both of them have uh, offices or chapters all over the country, um, and they offer free help for small businesses. And, of course, I'd love to have people come visit businessknowhow.com. Absolutely. Uh, we have tons of free information on the website. Wow, that was such valuable information. Thank you so much, Janet. And thank you so much for having me. If you'd like to connect with Janet Attard, you can follow her on Twitter at Janet Attard. And you can also seek her help as well as get a ton of knowledge in starting a business through her website, www.businessknowhow.com. If you know anybody that would benefit from this episode, which I know you do, please share with them and help spread the knowledge and the motivation. Thank you again for joining us today. Please check out our webpage at riseupforyou.com for more information and events that are coming up. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now Periscope. If you like what we're doing with Rise Up For You, please support us by writing a review on iTunes. Your feedback will really help the success of our show, so don't forget to show your support by doing that. It's really simple. It'll only take a few seconds of your time. You can go to the iTunes page, and right up top where it says Write a Review, you can click that, and it'll guide you along the way. Thank you again, and don't forget, Rise Up For You, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Tomorrow.